All right, guys, welcome into the latest episode of the Starting Eleven Podcast. My name is Emilio Pena, and I've got Grant Rowland with me here today. Another exciting weekend of soccer. You know, last week we were talking about the Champions League and um, some of the fallout for some of the teams. And first off, I just wanted to talk about Bayern Munich because they weren't sure what was going to happen with them with the fallout following their loss to Manchester City. But here they are losing 3-1 to to Mines and... uh, you know, they were up 1-0 for like 70 minutes and then bam, 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 three goals out of nowhere. It's just not looking great for Thomas Tuchel and co. It's, um, you know, they brought him in to win, to keep them alive in the three competitions. And here they are out of two and, you know, second place in the Bundesliga. So rough start. It's going to be interesting how it plays out. I wasn't sure what you had, what your thoughts were on the situation. Yeah. Well, after Bayern's dominance in the league, I think they've won, what, the last 10 uh, it'd be kind of nice to see someone else win the league, especially a team like Dortmund, who sign mostly like youngsters and kind of develop them and then send them off. Like it's a team that's like always changing, like new stars emerge are there for like a year or two and gone for developing all the talent in the world. I think Dortmund deserves a title every once in a while. But uh, yeah, we talked about it on a previous podcast, how we thought the Tuchel reign was going to be. If the decision to fire Nagelsmann like at this period of the season, how that was going to affect them. And we talked a little bit about it off screen, off audio, off MV3 uh, <laughs> this weekend. But it's turning out, it's looking like we were right. Like it was kind of a harsh decision. It was a gamble. Adapting to new coaches' tactics is pretty difficult, not something that you just pick up, uh, even with like a world-class coach like Tuchel. And then there was already... Uh, some animosity in the locker room already kind of going into that situation for Tuchel with Bayern's expectations it's just a really difficult spot and it wasn't like in previous years like usually this point of the season Bayern are like nine to 12-ish points ahead of everybody Uh, so there was no room for kind of error and Dortmund looked really strong this weekend I'm wondering if they kind of saw the score and was like hey this is our chance boys like we gotta go but yeah, I, I was curious what you think. Like, do you think it could p- potentially get bad enough at Bayern that like Tuchel could be gone early and they just go for a new coach? This I don't think I could see them getting rid of him, you know, without giving him a chance next season just because, yeah. you know, they got pressure on them right now, especially with, yeah. with um, you know, the, the way that they handled the Nagelsmann situation. So if anything, I could see like maybe like Khan or one of these other guys in charge up top in the the boardrooms getting fired maybe similar to what you said about uh Dortmund I think they saw the opportunity since they played a little bit later in the day it's really their title race to lose now because they've had the same amount of games played they have a one point lead so as long as they keep winning it's their title to lose yeah for sure yeah and I don't know the only reason why I ask about Tuchel potentially being being sacked is like Byron's like ruthless and I know for most most teams, like what they lose on aggregate to uh, City 4 1. 4 1, yeah. 4 1. Like to Bayern standards, three goals, that's a pretty significant, like not a great start for Tuchel. That, to be fair, kind of knows City because being at Chelsea. But yeah, I agree. I don't see him doing it. But at the same time, uh, with everything going on, uh, I saw like a kind of leaked, rumored list of potential Bayern players that. Uh, they're looking to shop in the summer. It's a pretty significant list. And yeah, who knows? But yeah, just with Bayern, like they used to be not saying like they used to be like all of a sudden now they're just in panic mode and not 
well run. I mean, they're, they're still Bayern Munich, but uh, this these last few months have been like very uncharacteristic of yeah. a Bayern Munich team. But it really has been uh, Hollywood FC, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. And um, transitioning though to the FA Cup, both Manchester teams got the dub this weekend, and we're gonna get the Manchester Derby in the final once that uh, once the season wraps up and we get to that. So, um, you know, that'll be an interesting matchup. I think that Manchester City has the edge here just because of their, you know, raw talent and and current form and everything. And they're still in all these different competitions still. So, you know, I think it's going to be a steep battle for Manchester United, but chance for Eric Ten Hag and Co. to get a second title this season. So it uh, should be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and these little, I'm not going to call it little because it's still kind of a decent trophy to win every year i do like heavily root for underdogs in it because it's like their chance to win so it would have been nice to see like a sheffield or brighton kind of go through and right uh potentially win it but we get a manchester derby so it'll be interesting even if i think that kind of raises the stakes even more bragging rights even though again it's just like an fa cup like i don't know you, you don't want to lose out a trophy to a rival in your city so i'd expect pretty strong performances from or pretty strong squads too for both of them even though they're still both fighting for the league manchester city fighting to win it and united to be in that top four trying to get as high as they can in those uh standings because that obviously affects where you are in champions league but yeah i'm excited i wish this was united of like a couple months ago when they were absolutely on fire right and he looked pretty unstoppable at the moment so uh, that would have been made it maybe a little more interesting but yeah like you said i mean another chance for uh united to get another trophy over under uh ten hog not like the biggest trophies they could have won this year but trophies nonetheless haven't gotten many in the past and if they do, that's just another good like building block on their way up to being like the Manchester United we kind of know and like the United of like historical like big club dominant all the time. So I'm trying not to laugh, but like when you said top four, I just couldn't stop thinking about Tottenham and the result this weekend. Yeah, and I think it's over for them as far as getting top four. It's also like hard not to laugh considering it's just you and I today, and Morgan's not here. They, I, I saw that. I mean, obviously, I don't want to say obviously because if someone didn't watch the game, then they don't know. But the score was yeah. six to one, and it was five to nothing. Twenty one minutes in, so very brutal game for Tottenham. They fired interim coach Christian Cellini today, so it was that bad that you know they fired two coaches in the span of a month. Yeah, you know, you said Manchester's top four hopes are you know they're trying to build that lead, but we down Newcastle's right there with them tied. I think fifty nine points. So. You know, they got to hold off more than just Newcastle at this point. Yeah, for sure. And we were talking about this weekend. Warning, like Morgan, you may want to skip ahead a minute or two. But yeah, I mean, this has been a super disappointing two weekends for Spurs. Not only like that 5-0 and within 20 minutes thing, but these are these were two vital weeks to get a jump ahead uh, into that top four. Because Newcastle lost last week 3-0 to Villa. So that could have closed the gap with the Tottenham win. And then you're going head to head with them this week. And that's another chance to close All right, the gap. Points. More. So, yeah, it's a six point swing and a crucial part of the season. Not a ton of games left. Uh, and then you go out there and absolutely just five goals in 20 minutes to a top Premier League side. Uh, I get Newcastle's good, but to me, they're like solid defensively. They can score goals. They kind of 
but they were like the team that kind of grinded away wins this whole year, like this right. one, two ones. And yeah, they have talent like Alexander Isak up top, but uh, this is still like Newcastle and the window didn't go crazy buying players. Like this is still just a solid Newcastle side. And uh, to kind of let them do that to you again in such a crucial spot when like you can literally in two weeks get out a six point swing and you have some momentum going in. But looking back now, I know it's only been, I don't know what, like a month since Conte was sacked. Uh, we were talking about, yeah, ish. We were talking about like, are the Tottenham players, because obviously he went on that interview saying, I don't know, they just don't have that like grit to them, whatever. They don't care. They don't take accountability right now. Like you had two options. You could have proved them right, which they're doing. You know, they're just kind of sulking around, like kind of feeling bad for themselves when it's like, like this is substantial. It's like, I can't underestimate the six point swing in two weeks. That's huge. Or you could have proved them wrong, but then that also kind of looked kind of bad, but who cares? Like maybe they just didn't like Conte, but yeah, they're proving them right right now. And there are some big names in the manager list. Uh, this year that could potentially be hired and I don't know it's just very uninspiring and making Tottenham not look like an attractive place to go right now and from what I'm hearing from Morgan and what I'm seeing online like uh, some of the stars don't want to be there anymore Uh, some really loyal guys that have like stuck around with Tottenham kind of going through it like this is just like whatever Camelback something that broke the camel's back I don't know that broke the camel's back kind (laughs) of thing and yeah very disappointed in Spurs it's so hard because you want to tread lightly because like Morgan's our boy. But at this point, it's just like I'm getting frustrated seeing yeah. the Spurs team, that massive club that has been in Champions League finals play like this. Like, Yeah. And he said it before, you know, similar phrasing. I don't know if this is exactly what he said, but I think it's time for Spurs just to turn the page and kind of start fresh and build a new era because, um, you know, Harry Kane's obviously a club legend, but uh, it's time for him to go mo- go to somewhere else and, you know, try and win some trophies while he still can. And time for Tottenham to get some value from him while they still can and just move forward. Cause you know, obviously it's not like the NFL where you can just draft a new player and build your mm-hmm. team around them, but it's time for them to find that new player. Who's going to be their leader and build around them. I think. Well, I mean, the problem is like, you can talk about these rebuilds all you want, but like you need to build like, a culture there like the mentality right now in Tottenham like again like Morgan you might want to skip ahead even more if you're at this point like the fact that the attitude is like oh yeah I want to sell Harry Kane one of the greatest goal scorers right now and like so on because I want to see them win trophies somewhere else like dog how can that be your like if someone that level once like when Neymar left Barcelona like not hoping like obviously any injury but like I'm like dude I want PSG every year in the Champions League. I want them knocked out. I don't want him winning anything. Like, I want to prove that, like, this is, like, the club to be at. Right. You could want here. Yeah, your mentality to, like, I get he's, like, a Tottenham, like, through and through kind of player, whatever. But, yeah, man, that's just the state of Spurs right now. I I don't even know. Like, I don't know if I could fix it in football manager if I was playing. Like, it's it's rough out there. Wow, it's, it's a low bar considering you're – Dominance as football manager, man. Dude, I, the tactics are fire. I mean, I'm bringing Barcelona back financially. Uh, I'm doing it without spending a lot of money. So once I get my coaching badges in 25 years, uh, Barcelona hit me up. Speaking yeah. of Barcelona, we got to talk about this messy thing. What, what's this whole messy in Barcelona? 15 suitcases. 
What's what's this all about? There's a lot going on here. So rumors came out that Messi was arriving in Barcelona. I think this was like Saturday or something. Uh, He arrived, went like through a back way uh, through the airport. So he couldn't be seen. And he had like 15 suitcases with him. And then there was also leaks, rumors, whatever you want to call it, of a Messi signing his his kids up for the same school uh he they went to when obviously when he was playing in Barcelona and then there was there's like kind of a mixed feeling on the reporter I think it was Romeo Gerard Romeo I don't know his name but and there was a mix of like yeah he's pretty reliable for Barcelona some people were like he's just some dude that like twitch streams and talks news and any I don't know just that says whatever to get viewers so I don't know it seems around the soccer world like that is kind of confirmed and I think he wants to come back and Barcelona, I guess, submitted a plan for La Liga financially to see if they would approve it so they can sign Messi back. Cause like, look, it's Lionel Messi, like with our financial situation, if we can agree with a plan on La Liga for finances that benefits the league, having Messi right. in your league. But yeah, I, there's rumors that he's meeting with Xavi. He wants to see where Barcelona, what the, like one of the main problems is like this whole financial burden that's going on with us. It feels like some weeks, like we're good, maybe can't spend a bunch of money, but like we're fi- financially like within the regulations to play in the Champions League and stuff. Some weeks it, it's not, and like we're in big trouble. So we'll see how that plays out. But it sounds like right now he's just kind of waiting to see what we do uh, kind of financially, what we're approved for. And if we're going to like pass, I guess, all the requirements to make Champions League. So obviously, I think it is official. He doesn't want to sign with PSG. So I think right now it's Barcelona. And if we can't get it together, then probably off to like a Miami or something. So yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because like you said, Barcelona legend, greatest of all time. That's a big move for them, especially yeah. if they with them getting back in the Champions League and everything. So Yeah, we've been know. in that we've been in the Champions League and we just can't get into that uh knockout stage. It's kind of haunted us. I think it's back to back years being uh sent to the Europa League, which is not great. But I don't know, we're right. taking steps forward on our way to win the league this year. Uh big step. Uh some players that maybe wouldn't have grown as much with Messi there because he's so dominant on the ball. You kind of feed him because he's magical i've kind of grown because it's no longer like oh like you know the pressure's on give the ball to messi he's gonna make something happen and more than likely he does it's like all right like we gotta get it going like i gotta learn i gotta like we gotta make so debatably kind of a good thing messi's gone let's young players kind of grow into roles but yeah absolutely want him back can't take him and i love that the barcelona fans in the 10th minute are uh doing the messy chant well, one last thing before we go. Wrexham AFC promoted to the next division. Yep. Obviously, it's a feel-good story, not just for soccer fans, but just fans of Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney here in the U.S. Yeah. How far can Wrexham go? Yeah, so this, this is a obviously very interesting, kind of inspiring story, but I was actually listening to Ben Foster's podcast today. Uh, obviously, ex-Watford guy brought out a retirement because I think Wrexham's in... Uh, goalkeeper got injured and like he stepped in for the last I don't know how many games of the season but end of the season and he uh and he was talking with Mark Goldbridge who runs like the United Stand which is like a Manchester United fan channel and uh, uh Mark brought up a good point he was like yeah like good for Wrexham obviously like big club I think third oldest team yeah. in the world but he was like honestly with the money kind of going in that club not in like a disrespectful way like you should be 
out of the national leagues and into like the big leagues, League One. So he said uh, it'll be interesting and like the the story kind of starts next year to see what they can do in League One. But I was looking at who got promoted last year in uh, the National League that Wrexham is in, and they're up there on the table. I think they were like fighting for like that playoff spot or whatever. But Wrexham, I think they'll spend a year or two. I could see them winning uh, League Two relatively easy, but uh, League One championship is a whole other beast. There's more money going into it, more pressure, quality obviously way better. But Wrexham, I think, can go as as far as they want to go. Like we talked about it uh, mm-hmm. a little bit on the weekend, like the size of the club. Uh, I think they have like a 15,000 seating stadium. And there are some Premier League teams like Bournemouth, who I think are like at 10 to 12. So like comparing size wise, like uh, I don't think that's an issue. It's just uh, it expand to. Yeah, it's, it, I think it's really going to come down to it's going to be tough because like they have the documentary like you like grow close to these players these like fans that are getting in but you do have to like up some quality it's going to be tough seeing some of those players go and i think they just really got to have a good like scouting department a uh, football plan it's the expectation shouldn't be like oh competing for trophies every year like what they've done is obviously great but this isn't just like an overnight like five year thing you're in a premier league like it takes a lot of planning a lot of hard work like good scouting, player development, all that. But I think the sky's the limit because financially, like we've seen, like what uh, Rob and Ryan have done for the club has exploded them massively. And uh, it's nice to see like some attention on those lower league football teams because there's teams like that all over like really local clubs and all the fans like super passionate so it's nice to see some attention on them for once and not all the big premier league teams and stuff so guy is the limit for Wrexham. absolutely i think it's super well put it'll be very interesting to see how this journey plays out because obviously ryan reynolds is a you know hollywood a-lister and uh you saw a lot of his friends were there like paul rudd and yeah, uh, some of the other people from like the Avengers and whatnot, and circle of people that they're all friends with. So you know, maybe maybe Kim Kardashian will take her son there in a couple of weeks or you know, <laughs> next season, and yeah, go watch a game too, and it'll help yeah, them grow even more. Yeah, I heard Drake's a big Wrexham fan. Always has been. Um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. He, he, he has since day one too. <laughs> yeah. With all that being said, I think that's going to do it for us this week, and uh, we'll come back at you next week.